A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd of his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. A picture is worth a thousand words, as the saying goes. Although I bet um, back in my day I could find a picture that would be worth one word, ugly. Depends. The statement is only true depending on what's being painted and how true that is in life as a whole. What is the picture that's being painted? Because all of us, in one way or another, are an artist of sorts. We all have a story to tell. Our life paints a specific picture, but if we don't know what it's supposed to look like, then it's probably bound for chaos. It's bound to be anything under the sun. So it's important for us to acknowledge this mission, this identity that we're headed towards. And in the first part of Mark's gospel, Jesus paints a picture of his identity. He does all of these marvelous works, and what happens is, as he's painting this picture of who he is, today it becomes clear enough for them to put words to it. Jesus asks his followers, who do people say that I am? We know it, we've heard it over and over again, some say John the Baptist, Elijah, still just a prophet. He doesn't have his own identity for these other people. But for the followers of Christ, he asks them that question, and Peter responds so boldly, accurately, and succinctly when he says, you are the Christ. The Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited one, the King. Peter took a gamble, and Peter was right on the identity of Christ. Peter was bold in that. Why did he take a gamble? Why was he so bold? Well, Let's be honest, if you get the identity of your Savior wrong, you'd probably feel a little odd, right? But number two, the Jewish people had been waiting. They hadn't had a king, an anointed one. They hadn't had a, a, a Christ 
for six centuries. So for Peter to say that out loud would have been seen in the Roman Empire as treason. He could have been put to death simply for saying that. So Peter was bold. And Peter was correct in saying the identity of Christ. But Peter was not bold enough to accept the remainder of that painting. Peter accepted the identity of Christ, but he was unwilling to accept the destiny of Christ. For many, if not all of us, we've embraced this initial image of Jesus Christ in our life, have we not? I don't think you would be here today if you hadn't already embraced that simple image or outline, so to speak, of Christ. The difficulty, though, comes when we have to, like Peter, accept the rest of the painting. Those painstaking details that are required. Or as St. James says in our second reading today, it takes, we have to accompany with works, with a painting, the very Jesus Christ that we profess. So then, we have to acknowledge, you know, Peter said all of the right things at first. But when Peter was unwilling to go and accept the masterpiece that the Messiah, the Christ, had outlined, had figured, what did Christ say to him? He says, get behind me, Satan, for you are thinking not as God thinks, but as man does. And so my brothers and sisters, for us to think as God thinks, we have to take on the mind of Christ. Cardinal Seurat said this poetic statement, to take on the mind of Christ. He says it's nothing short of living the moral life of the Catholic Church. How often do we shove that aside, right? In painting the picture of our life, we can shove aside the moral life or certain teachings of the church because they're difficult. Heck, even for a priest, just a sin itself, in a way, is rejecting the image that God destined us for. So number one, as I said earlier, we have to understand what it is that we're called, what we're destined for. We have to understand our identity in Christ, number one. And how do we do that? By recognizing the rich tradition and history of the church laid down by the fathers. We have to understand the, the, the depth and the beauty of how Christ desires to reveal himself to us in a personal way. Study the scriptures to acknowledge where Christ comes to encounter us personally in the sacraments. And we have to acknowledge then in prayer where Christ is informing our heart. But number two, if we're going to be bold, more bold than Peter, to be willing to accept those laborious details, then we have to finish the painting. Last semester in our school, the teachers, we had kind of a theology on tap of sorts, and we did a sip and paint. And if you're unfamiliar with it, there's a, an initial image that the instructor brings, and then they lead you to paint that image. And so these teachers who came in were, were really excited for this opportunity. It didn't take long for me to start hearing from throughout the room, oh, this is so terrible. I'm not an artist. I can't do this. But their willingness to follow the mold their willingness to listen to the instructions of the original artist 
allowed them to put together a complete painting. All of them were uniquely different. And so six months later, here just the other week, those same teachers were recounting how they still have held on to that image and how they cherish it because they were capable of doing something they never thought they could do. Is this not the moral life of the church? This is what happens when we follow the moral life, when we follow the tradition of the church, when we follow the saints who've gone before us, we begin taking on the mind of Jesus Christ. At first glance, this exercise of the moral life may seem like that sip and paint. Wow, that's kind of boring. You want me to just draw what you just drew? You want me to follow those? You want me to believe what you're telling me to do? You want me to paint this? I can't do it. But when we go through that work, when we embrace the sacrifices necessary, we begin finishing out that painting. And we begin experiencing something that we never thought ourselves capable of experiencing because we've been drawn close to the heart of Jesus Christ. When we listen, when we follow the path, when we accept the sacrifices necessary, like Peter was unable to do, then we end up painting a replica of Christ himself. In painting the image of Christ, we find ourselves. In finding ourselves, we begin to see the face of Jesus Christ looking right into our eyes. When we begin living with the mind of Christ, then our children, our spouse, our neighbors, begin seeing within the frame of our own life an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. So my brothers and sisters, for us to follow Christ on the way, we must set out to paint the picture that has been studied for over 2,000 years. To paint the picture of the ultimate sacrifice of self-gift of Christ on the cross. When we live this out, one brush, one stroke a day, one color at a time, we begin taking on the mind of Christ. We begin to live as Christ. And when we begin to take on the mind of Christ, then we begin to see that we are participating in a little sip and paint ourselves. But we no longer sip wine, but in understanding the identity and the destiny of Jesus Christ, of our identity and destiny as his apostles, and recognizing our identity and destiny as a people of grace, freed from sin, striving to live the moral life of the church, then we receive our Lord Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. There we find the drink that invigorates us, that allows us to get lost in a beauty, in a painting, a reality that we were made to paint, that we were made to exhibit, and that we were made to live.